The Brewers Association found some new numbers of craft breweries receiving the PPP. Breweries react to a national tragedy the only way they know how. With fear. And did COVID just put seasonals on a respirator? Oh, Jesus, Tyler, too soon. It's all beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, the podcast that would like to remind you that when civilization collapses, all beer will be craft beer, even if it's fermented in a rusty bathtub in an abandoned warehouse and flavored with the blood of victims captured during the last raid and served to death riders before the hunt. Technically, still craft. I'm Jeremy Jones. Technically, that's Budweiser's secret <laughs> recipe. No. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. It's, uh, I, I, I already told you what the, uh, Budweiser's secret recipe was way back in I don't remember, episode 30-some. Uh, it involves uh, it involves dead Clydesdales, no corpses that they're admitting to. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey Tyler, welcome back to the uh, uh, to the beer cave. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> How are you doing? A little tired. Uh, had to remove a giant bush today from my house. Get so, your mind out of the gutters, everyone. Uh, that. Don't ever get your minds out of the gutter. You're, that's that, you're, that's the audience we like is uh, uh, you, you you nice people with uh, with sick minds. Uh, yes, Tyler got a Tyler uh, Tyler comes to us a new man. Not only is he <laughs> does he is he now a homeowner, but he is now married. So I'm a very uh, good housewife. <laughs> um, he went and uh, he was supposed to get married uh, at the uh, the what was it the last weekend of May. Yeah, the twenty third. Um, I and, mean, technically, still got so, married. Uh, we didn't uh, didn't have get to have the the big ceremony, but you uh, you had a smaller one, and with uh, you know you, you did it all official, and now we can actually have the celebration when you know we can gather in groups of more than ten again. Yeah. So, Fucking COVID. <laughs> so congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, on both the on both your marriage and your new house. And what are we drinking today? I brought in some. Cans of Cerveza Limon, a lime-flavored pilsner from County Lime Brewing here locally. Again, one of my uh, is one of my uh, favorite seasonal beers. It is as it is as advertised: light, slightly malty, highly drinkable, and with a decent amount of lime. Mm-hmm. I think this year's batch was a little. It's a little lower on the lime than I remember in years past. Um, and I feel it needs to just have a little bit more lime, makes it just a smidge more refreshing after a nice day of doing yard work. Yeah, now you mention it, I it seems, it seems to me there's like a like a more tartness and more like a that sharper lime peel bitterness. Yeah, as opposed because this does feel a little bit malt forward, uh, or at least more so than than previous incarnations. But yeah, I'll still take it. Yeah, still crushable on a nice day where it. Pisses rain all morning, then it's 75, and then pisses rain and lightnings. Um, basically, the weather in Idaho has been basically satirizing the rest of the country, where it's just like, uh, everything else is shit, so um, it's going to be shit here, too. It's Strap gonna be, in. It's going to be 90, and then a low of, like, 40, and then pissing rain and storms, and I'm pretty sure locusts are next. Uh, I think that was the murder hornets. Oh, the murder hornets are passing us by. But. Oh, okay. All right. So to kick things off, um, Brewbound actually put out an article uh, stating that more than 80% of craft breweries have received payment or paycheck protection program loans. Uh, and they got all this data from a Brewers Association survey. Um, of the 869 craft breweries surveyed, 80% said they have received funding through the paycheck protection program. Um 
And it's kind of, according to the survey, giving a little more optimism than the last survey the BA published the results for, kind of right when everything was kicking off, where it was talking about if the shut the on-prem shutdowns longer than three months, you know, this many percentage was saying they don't expect to stay open or yeah um you, you may remember this actually we talked a little bit about this um uh way back when i don't know you if if, if any of you uh remember like uh uh the the long ago month of april uh april uh, episode 36 we uh, uh called a uh, you've all gone feral and dear god what is next <laughs> <laughs> we uh, actually uh talked about the first round of and the and the ba has been doing a pretty good job of like regularly doing these surveys um, to find out what is actually happening with the craft beer industry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, um, that prediction that you probably read in your local newspaper or it, or on some, it, it, it hit a bunch of online publications, usually with the headline, 50% of breweries uh, Gotta are, close. are going to close if shutdowns continue longer than three months. Um, you will never get craft beer right. again in America. Craft beer is dead, you know. All hail Budweiser. No. Uh, <laughs> Craft beer is old yeller getting taken out back. Um, the, uh, the the important thing, I think we even talked about it then when we were kind of putting those numbers in perspective, that that report that you know people coming back saying 50% of their breweries are going to close, the, the, the important part of that to remember was that the question said, you know, without any change or without any support, how long do you expect to remain open? Yeah, and so they—that's that's where that number originally came from. And with both of these surveys, including, you know, the one we discussed before and this one right now, I mean, I think both didn't break a thousand breweries that they surveyed. Right, it's, uh, it's been pretty consistent—about eight hundred yeah. and some change. And I mean, the Brewers Association reaches out to as many as they can, but it. <clears throat> Shocking! Craft brewers are notorious for not returning emails and shit. Uh, who would have thunk it? Uh, are, are they? Uh, they've they've mentioned that they're they feel like that they're pretty represented, pretty well represented. They cover breweries from all fifty states and the District of Columbia. Forty nine states in the District of Columbia. Oh, uh, which one do they miss? It, it says, didn't say which one they missed, but it just said oh, forty nine states. I could have sort of said fifty, but okay. Well, there's a state missing, Alaska. I'm looking in your direction, <laughs> or Kansas. It'd be I, I feel like it'd either be one of those two. Um, yeah. But it's pretty well represented all over the country, and it does admit that it that it's a little bit heavy on tap rooms um, and light on like brew pubs, mm-hmm. but. And it was a little light of people with volume over a hundred thousand barrels per year. Uh, Say we talk. I think we talked a lot, a little bit more about like the when we were trying to hash out what these numbers means. Again, episode thirty six. Um, if you feel like you haven't had enough depressing news, um, you can go back through our catalog starting about there and. <laughs> And it only gets worse. The good news is our depressing news isn't nearly as depressing as the rest of the news. So yeah, um, but so I mean, there's what five thousand craft breweries or something like that. Uh, more than that. Yeah. So I think, I'm, I think it's top ten, but I think it might be seven. Okay. But so it, you're less than a thousand of let's say five to seven thousand breweries. So you're you're less than about 20%. Uh, so it's not the end-all, be-all numbers. But they did pull the brewery owners that responded. 
on their confidence still being in business by the end of 2020 uh, with receiving uh, the payment protection uh, loan. Uh, 33.6% of the respondents said their outlook hadn't changed. Uh, 24% were either somewhat pessimistic or much more pessimistic than from the original survey. Um, And on the bright side here, 32% said they were somewhat more optimistic and 10% were much more optimistic on their future compared to just one month ago. So I think with getting the PPP, it allowed breweries to kind of stop taking on some water as quick as they were. You put a couple fingers in a hole in the boat and you're going to feel a little more pessimistic till you realize I got to go pee and I have to take my finger out of this hole. Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, I mean, only like 11% um, said that they were deeply pessimistic or, uh, or about being able to stay open. But if you if you keep in mind that like 9% of of craft breweries were um, already expected to close down by the time, but you know, in 2020. So it bumped it two percent, and yeah. it basically just accelerated people who were already struggling. And even the PPP is not going to really help pull them out of this spiral. I say if you if if you're on your way out in 2020, you're probably this this is probably or not gonna early be- 2021. Yeah. yeah. This probably wasn't going to be the thing to save you. Although who knows? I mean, it, it, a couple of months off to get your shit together might be uh, might be exactly what they needed. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was going to be. We already knew it was going to be a rough year for craft beer, and so the fact that and we don't and the other the other thing I noticed is that there's no data, at least not uh, as reported by Brewbound, uh, about how many breweries have actually had to close. Um, in the past um, a few months, but I don't. But it doesn't. It, it makes it seem like it's pretty minimal. The, the, the article did mention that the huge die-off or huge a bunch of people closing out just didn't happen. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, just keeping my ear to the ground and on beer news and checking beer Twitter, different websites. I haven't seen a ton of articles. Hey, this place is shutting down. I've seen, I think, one or two. Yeah, but. But again, you kind of you, you read the article, and either either something like Green Flash, where you're going, yeah. well, yeah, well, that was going to happen, yeah. um, or it's you kind of read into it. You go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They weren't long for this world anyway. Yeah, uh, it it's kind of like I haven't seen it at least here locally. Not a ton of bars and restaurants have really had to shut their doors either. Again, the the few here locally that that have. I mean, I think either it's one of two situations. It was it's either that well, that's not surprising, or you, you get the idea that um, they were the owners are either older or kind of over the industry, and they saw this as a good idea, a good time to sell their shit. Finally, and get out. pull the ripcord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, th- that is kind of good news. Is that you know that that you know great big headline? Fifty percent of all breweries going to close it didn't happen. And it seems, I mean, even if the numbers dropped a little and let's say it was 70% of all craft brews in America got the PPE or PPP, then you're, that's a pretty good number to help because it was like two months worth of wages that it would pay out basically. 
uh, and if you used 80% of it towards payroll, you didn't have to pay it back. So it's an awesome way to basically slow down when your, your revenue is basically slowed to a trickle or to just gone uh, with this here. Um, and it's also the uh, like another like fifty percent of those that responded to it also uh, applied for uh, the uh, emergency and economic disaster loan grants. Uh-huh. Um, that and now there's again the article didn't mention any data whether they've gotten those payments yet or not, but um, it was like ninety five percent had already received their PPP yeah. loans. Uh, the one thing I did find cool in this article they mentioned how uh, breweries have kind of started adapting during this time and. In pre-COVID, only 5.8% of breweries were doing delivery. Now, 37.5% were offering delivery via brewery staff or a third-party service. Mm-hmm. So, it just kind of showed that they were able to adapt and uh, breweries offering to-go beer went from... or The percentage of breweries offering beer to-go sales increased from 8.2% to 94.4%. Now, the interesting thing, I, I wrote down those numbers as well. And for me, the interesting thing about that is not the 94.4% because there was a moment there where that's the only way you're going to get beer is yeah. beer to go. It was that the original number was only 8.2. Yeah, I think the big part of that is, and we talked about this in some of the past episodes, is a lot of states didn't allow that beer to go or only allowed it up to a certain number. Right. And then when this all hit, they were like, oh, fuck. You know, we'll just pull out all the stops. We'll we'll reconvene after everything settles down. That was kind of how I, uh, that was kind of how I interpret it too, is that, I mean, I can't think of any earthly reason that a brewery wouldn't want to sell beer to go other than, you know, if pressure from the state or local laws or what have you. Yeah. And so the fact that it went from, again, I'm shocked that it was that low, but all you have to do is go through our back uh, episodes and listen to any time we talk about beer laws. uh, Yeah. Minnesota, Texas, Maryland, uh, Maryland, uh, um, what, North Dakota, (laughs) Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. We've, Uh we've racked up a, a, a list of states that need to get their shit together. And every time someone's like, Idaho has terrible alcohol laws. I'm like, I'm actually count your lucky stars, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm I, I, if if this the, the past few months have taught me anything, and they've taught me a lot. Most of them unpleasant, but one of the <laughs> nice things I have learned is that it's like the time Jeremy got VD in Vegas. <laughs> he learned a few things, mostly unpleasant, but there was one bright side. There was one bright side of that. Um, anyway, <clears throat> let's not talk about that. the um, the no. It, it's I did find out that my home state, while having stupid ass uh, alcohol laws. Not as bad as they could be, and actually, for a Mormon-controlled state and the liquor and liquor-controlled state, not that bad. No, I mean, really, the furthest Idaho is behind on most things is it's just state-run liquor stores, right? And even those are not terribly, you know, those are ter- those are pretty common, mm-hmm. and you know, again, and they're open seven days a week, and usually till like nine o'clock. And it, you know, as again, I talked about when I we were talking about Pennsylvania's laws. Not even close. So you know what? I at least they didn't, and they were declared essential services. <laughs> so um, well done, Idaho, and even Utah. I think the the, the surprising yeah. thing was is that Utah was was pretty good. So um, Mormons like their money. <laughs> they have a vision when they see it. They have a vision. 
Um, sorry to any Mormons who have been listening, but also, not you sorry. You know. You know. You know. Um, and also, you know, um, I'm telling the church on you. No. I might. Nah. All right. The world is burning. We need a new collaboration news now. Um, uh, I guess I probably don't have to tell you what's going on in the world because if you've been paying attention, all you know is, you know, it's, it's ending. This, 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 this shit is going down. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, there's, uh, if you don't know what's going on, you don't have the news, you don't have social media and, and you don't care. How um, did you get that lucky? Um, whatever, whatever cave you're living in. Um, if they take reservations, I am interested. Um, this uh, 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 article comes from Brewbound, uh, and it's uh, from Jessica Infante. Um, yeah, so um, in order to uh, uh, protest, well, in order to lend support um, to the black community against uh, 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 the, the, the police violence and then this protests and riots and everything that's happening uh, uh, this, this past uh, couple of weeks, um, the... Uh, 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 wayward or uh, weathered souls brewing out of uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas, um, announced that they were uh, starting a uh, starting a collaboration um, called Black is Beautiful. Um, it is a uh, it is slated to be, of course, uh, an imperial stout, um, and it's kind of on the same vein as like the All Together, the Resilience, uh, or the Resilience. Basically, the idea is they went and they created a recipe um, that any brewery can pick up. And brew, um, and the idea is that the uh, that that any brewery that uh, uh, you know they can they, they they can brew the beer, sell it, um, and, you know, use the label, and uh, a portion of it has they would like a portion of it to go um, uh, towards a charity that helps um, uh, as much as you can possibly do. Right. Um, in this case, in this case, they're not specifying a charity. Um, the they just want they just want the money to go to uh, some organization that's promoting uh, pl- uh, promoting uh, justice and equality for all. Um, but the uh, um, the it's like I said started a, it's it began with a, a weathered souls. Um, it's actually um, uh, uh, owned by a, a owned and the head brewer is uh, is black, and um, he basically he the kind of the story was is that um, he was looking at what was happening. And, you know, obviously, you know, feeling a personal connection to the injustice that that, you know, we all saw and but, you know, and wanting to be able to to do something. Um, but, you know, being, you know, but have, being a business owner and having a wife and kids didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, joining the protests. Just see the news. You know why? Yeah, because, yeah. The police have been motherfuckers. I, <laughs> I've got video to prove it. They have been some total motherfuckers. Um, but he did want to do something, and this is what he came up with. Um, and like I said, it is a uh, uh, it is imperial it is an imperial stout. Um, and you know, according to according to him, is like and this quote from Brewbound uh, kind of weighed on me that I didn't participate. But again, I'm a business owner. I have kids. I have a wife. I didn't really want to put myself in a situation where I might jeopardize my safety at all. So I'm kind of disappointed I didn't participate. So this is my way of putting my best foot forward and showing solidarity. Um, 
it was going to be just a, it started out as just going to be a weathered souls release but after he talked um to uh, um uh the owner of jester king um the uh, uh their head brewer jeffrey stuffings basically encouraged him to follow like the same idea of of um altogether which we talked about that um a few uh, a few weeks back or a few years as it feels like <laughs> right about now um, I feel like, and we're only six months into this level. I feel like it's been like a, a year since I last saw you here, Tyler. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, because every day it's just like twenty twenty goes. I bet I can one up myself. <laughs> Speaking of motherfuckers, twenty twenty. <laughs> um, but um again the uh, uh the black is beautiful uh, anybody that's brewing this uh beer it's kind of it's kind of like they kind of describe it as um you know layers and layers of 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 you know of good blackness um nice dark imperial stout um with um um weathered souls will be donating its its proceeds to the know your rights camp but it really, it's really to them, uh, he wanted to stress, it isn't about the money, so to speak. So it's, it doesn't sound like it's going to be like the resilience, which we talked about where Sierra Nevada, was Sierra Nevada did, yeah, where they actually had a bit of trouble getting breweries to send in there. And I was actually just going to bring this up because um, I saw someone tweet out and they go, and I, I agree, and I didn't even think of this until I saw this. Great idea. In theory, it's going to work great. Helps get the conversation started. Can help some good causes. But with resilience, Sierra Nevada had to use their clout and threaten to call out breweries for not donating the money they promised and just cash trying to cash in on the fucking free sales, basically, because of the publicity. Yeah. Um, the, the way that... I mean... He wants to stress that it's not about the money. I mean, if you're if you are a brewery and you brew this beer and you keep all the money for yourself, um, and you didn't need to, you're kind of a son of a bitch. Um, just know that. But the real point is not so much that. It's you know it is about about breweries showing solidarity, um, and about raising awareness, and that's what he kind of wants it to be about. Less a less a less a, a way to make money, more to more for uh, for the brew industry, you know, to to do something to show solidarity and just yeah to do something. I I think that's awesome. Um, my big thing though is if you do brew it and you don't fucking do anything, you deserve to get called out because. You're <laughs> again. Let's uh, You're cashing in on someone else's misfortune. Now I'll call you Elvis Presley. <laughs> I mean, that's not the worst thing you could be called, but you know, eh, <laughs> um, it fits the book right there. I mean, there is something <laughs> kind of poignant about that. The cool thing about it is, is that I mean, whereas you know, altogether, uh, the you know, the last one, um, you, you know, I haven't like looked through the recipe yet, um, but. Um, the altogether was a pretty. It, it was pretty one note, and I've had a couple of of uh, of, of incarnations of altogether. Um, it was basically uh, it was almost a smash beer. I think it used a little bit of dextra pills or wheat for um, for body. Yeah, but it was basically um, it basically featured citra hops, 
I think a bittering hop as well. I have to remember. I'm trying to remember, but it was basically a light grain bill featuring citra hops. Um, and then, you know, your choice of either a yeast that would make it a West Coast IPA or a or an East Coast IPA. And so there's really, you know, there's only so much you can really do with that. Yeah. Um, this one, of course, with an Imperial Stout. Um, there you, can be a lot of layers. And he's actually, you know, so it's, it's it, the beer is designed to be a moderately high ABV uh, to showcase the different shades of black. And their uh, participating brewers are kind of, are, are invited to kind of riff on the style or with adjuncts or aging techniques. So I'd imagine, barrel say, barrel aging, um, fruited, flavored. Um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, he says that we ask you to please stand with us to create something that has never been seen before and show the world that the brewing community is one of a kind. That's good. I like that. Um, I did see, I think it was the owner of Austin Beer Works, uh, when this first got announced was super stoked and he's like, can't wait to be a part of this, and I've never been more excited to lose customers. But you, well, I mean, not in Austin, but I mean, in Texas, well, and this is San Antonio, and... Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's awesome that he wants to do that, even though he knows that he can lose some money on this. Uh, but the sad part is, is there's people... Who will let that be the deciding factor of whether they want to go drink at a place? Well, I mean, I guess uh, to a certain extent, it, seriously, if 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 a brewery making this beer upsets you so much that you're never going to drink there, I can't speak for every brewery, but for for me personally, thank you for coming. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. We'll have someone <laughs> else come in and drink beer. I mean, beer. really, if that pisses you off so much, I mean, not... I'm not even saying if, if you, you you can disagree, what have you. But if that is the, the deciding factor, again, yeah, doors there. Please do not let it hit you in the ass. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of tie in, uh, you know, um, I, I'm glad they're doing this. And I'm, it's it's a, a, you know, a, a good a, a good way for the craft beer community to come together. Um, but as, you know, a, a CNN article I, I came across when I was going through this piece noted, um, you know, this is also a good time for, you know, a, a good moment of reflection for the craft beer industry to, you know, look inside itself because still an industry mostly dominated by beardy white dudes mm -hmm. as evidenced by a hundred percent of the people in this room. Well, mostly only 50% beardy. I, I, I represent, I am the, I am the diversity in this, in this industry. Yeah. When the <laughs> diversity is you don't have facial hair or you're in shape, it's, <laughs> I'm one of those things. I'm yeah. ripped like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I cannot grow facial hair. Um, but, uh, you know, and of course we, you know, so, uh, uh, we all remember, well, you may or may not remember, uh, but we went over it, uh, uh, in, at length. Um, last year, uh, you can go back and look through our uh, archives. The uh, was it last year? It was last year. No, wow. <laughs> I know. It seems like a decade ago, right? Fuck, right. Um, you know, founders got in trouble um, for well, they, you know, they they are the the uh, they were accused of of you know basically racially discriminating against one of their employees. 
Um, they really didn't get, get in trouble until um, until the, the deposition came out. Oh. Um, if you want to hear, if you want to hear me and Tyler perform that deposition, and it really is a work of gold. It's um, painful. Go back, go back and listen to um, uh, uh, "You Done Fucked Up," founders. I forget what episode number it is, but you know, look. The it. name kind of gives it away. Yeah, you look for "You Done Fucked Up," founders, and you know, again. Uh, it's, I think it is kind of a, a good moment for, I, I, and I think the industry does recognize that it's not terribly diverse. It's kind of a cult. It's a, it's a factor of, I think, culture and economics because, you know, uh, craft beer is still kind of a, I call it, always call it the affordable luxury, but still a luxury. And so it's, it's a good time to reflect and, and, uh, and, and find, and find ways to reach out and, you know, maybe get a, maybe get a few non-beardy white dudes into the into the mix, and a few women too. Because again, outside of outside of the uh, uh, the service part of it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mostly dudes uh, uh, brewing the beer. So, even though traditionally women were yes. usually the brewers back in the olden days. Yes, but uh, anyway, I'm hoping I'm hoping some brewer uh, makes that because I want to try a bunch of incarnations of this beer because you know. Again, uh, just the just first of all, I just like the idea of a bunch of breweries riffing on an imperial stout. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, and you give enough breweries, and just say, yeah, do this beer, uh, but you can also throw your twist on it too if you want, and just seeing, like, oh, you've, I can, I'm just imagining like the Fremont lineup of like their Dark Star B bomb. And just seeing like thousands of different bottles of this beer that's like, oh, this variation, this variation, this variation, this is barrel aged, this is the regular. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be a factor, but um, hold on one, you know, um, I'm actually pulling up, I've actually found, went and found the uh, the recipe. Um, and actually it's pretty, uh, uh, it's pretty involved. It's uh, uh, two row flaked. Oh, let's see. Oh, it's a, uh, well, it's a cutoff. There we are. So it's two row flaked oats, chocolate malt, flaked barley, uh, caramel 120, roasted barley, chocolate rye, black patent. Chocolate rye, huh? That's going to be, so, I mean, that could be a, that could be a a tough one, but I kind of, but I see where they're going because they got, they got a dark roasted crystal malt. They got roasted barley. They got chocolate rye. Black patent, I mean the you know from uh, uh, and of course chocolate malt. I mean as, as as somebody who's crafted quite a few recipes, I you know the the idea is kind of is yeah, each of these different dark roasted grains adds you know a a, a different thing. So you got sweetness from the C one twenty, like a sharp dry flavor from roasted barley, um, ironically more like coffee from chocolate malt, mm-hmm. like a. I'm not less. I'm less uh, um, familiar with chocolate rye, but I am. Fr- I've but, but, never even seen that malt. So I mean, I've seen like caramel rye, but I mean, you know, that would that could be a hard thing to get a hold of. But I mean, rye is nice and peppery, and black patent is like sharp and roasty. On top of that, some uh, corn sugar. Um, it looks like um, it. Let me see if I can find what the alcohol is supposed to be. Um, eight point seven percent alcohol. Okay, it's not that big, but and then uh, CTZ hops and Cascade. 
Nice. But, yeah. From the sounds of it, it's just going to be a big, bold, roasty stout. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right. You have your mission, breweries. Go brew that beer, and I want to try all of them. (laughs) Send them all here. Yes. And Jeremy will just pass out under his table and... Happily so. So up next we got uh, some moderately good news. Woohoo! I don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> I honestly, I don't, I don't know what to do with good news because right now, if I see good news, I immediately assume it's a precursor to something awful. So it actually scares me. Waiting worse. for the shoe to drop. I mean, it's like, hey, it's just something good happened. Nope, nope, nothing good is happening. Nothing good is happening anywhere. <laughs> We're all gonna die. Uh, but this uh, saw this article on craft brewing business uh, by Chris. Crowell um, talking about the beer purchasers index uh, showed a rebound from uh, its crazy lows in April. A little bit of good news. So to kind of dive in, give you a little backstory if you don't know what the beer purchasers index is. It's a forward-looking indicator for distributors to measure expected beer demand. Uh, It surveys beer distributors purchases across different segments and compares them to previous years. Uh, a number greater than 50 indicates the segment is expanding. If it's below 50, it means the segment is contracting. If it holds, you're expecting it to hold. So, bottom line, it's expanding. Uh, real quick, uh, Jeremy, what are we switching over to? Well, since, uh, 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 since you brought to Cerveza Limon and I totally planned it this way, yeah. Um, okay. I grabbed a. Don't doubt my prowess. Um, we actually. So we. I hit upon. We hit upon this beer a little bit last time uh, during the last podcast when we were talking about Mexican lagers. Um, this is the Buena Vista or yeah, Buena Vesa, uh, salt and lime lager from Stone. Um, it was one of those. It was one of those beers that actually the writer of the article kind of slammed a little bit for being a. An expensive version of what you try to do to doctor up a shitty beer. So the first thing I don't, oh, first thing I don't get much of. I get like a light corn, barley aroma, uh, but no real lime. No, I don't get any lime off the nose. Almost get. I get very little on the flavor too. I mean, the second drink I just took, I got a little more lime coming in on the flavor. Mm. I, I get like a little salt. Coming in off the aroma. Yeah, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, you're right. The second drink, the, little, the lime comes out a little bit more. And actually, uh, when, I, when I, the, the second drink, I'm like, okay, actually, no, that's that's about right. I like that level of lime where it's like a hint of lime mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of salt. But yeah, uh, uh, very malt forward. I know it's like, I get like mostly like the uh, the, the corn and, and uh, slight like honey yeah. or doughy flavors. The salt on the first drink to me was a little overpowering, but it seems like it's kind of dissipated. So yeah, a nice, very refreshing uh, beer for a summer that may or may not be coming. It'll be here. <laughs> it's gonna be hot as fuck here soon. Um, but so back over to the beer purchaser index. Uh, so total beef pi. Uh, so they calculated. This with data from May 10th through May 20th, um, which 
the article brings up they weren't sure how it was going to look with still places closing on-premise accounts um, and off-premise establishments uh, still expanding and staying busy. Uh, They weren't sure what it was going to look like. Um, It rebounded to 66 after falling to 35 in April. Yeah. I'm, I mean, again, um, the, the, the scale is confusing to me, but I'm going to go ahead on a limb that says if like 50 is like holding steady, mm-hmm. 35 means... The closer you get to zero, the more it's contracting. I mean, I guess, has it ever... The, uh, zero essentially means you're toast. Yeah, I would assume. A zero essentially means uh, party's over, you can all go home. Yeah. And 35 is entirely too close to that. Uh, which... The 66 is higher than last year's numbers in May of 62. So, this year's May outdid last year's. Um, wow. That's, I mean, that's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. I think with but some places in May actually starting to open back up, it saw the uptick as well as off-prem was maintaining strong. So the 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 fifty is that re- that's relative to what though is that the previous month or the last year? So it just that's how they break break it is fifth above fifty means it's expanding, and so they don't. It, I don't think it's necessarily relative. It's they take this number and have a, an equation to mm. make, or they take all the data, run it through their equation, and it gets put on a basically zero to 100 scale somewhere uh, uh somewhere in the bowels of uh this organization is a uh, a russell crowe-esque figure in a shack with a whole bunch of strings and push pins and the word 62 uh, uh, scribbled in his own blood or a giant spin wheel <laughs> what was the south park episode where they are trying to the banks are trying to determine and so they have they cut the head off a chicken let it run around a wheel and then what it lands on is what they do. <laughs> Could totally see this happening. But I'm going to assume they actually use some maths. Okay. I mean, as as a beautiful mind taught us, you can yeah. use some maths and not be doing anything. But uh, I digress. <laughs> Apparently, this is the largest single monthly swing the index has ever recorded. Wow. Um, so... To kind of dive into the... I, did it, I'm sorry. That's got to be relative to the previous month. Almost. I think it kind of just tracks through the year so you can see as each month but, how demand is yeah. for that month is. And kind of with, if in April it contracts, you're assuming your May orders are going to be smaller. Mm-hmm. But if your May orders blow up, then your June you'll... Oh, so they may be... It's uh, predicting so what you're going to purchase. So, so not so much... Exp- so if, you're, if you hit 50, you did exactly what the equation thought you were going to do yes okay all right i'm i'm sort of following everybody everybody getting that in your cars you got that cool who just rear-ended someone trying to follow (laughs) probably a lot because everybody's fucking forgot how to drive that's a different that's a whole (laughs) i I realized all the terrible drivers in this fucking valley were non-essential employees no no they weren't and for good reason anyway (laughs) (laughs) but would you like to take a guess at some of the big winners for uh, the market segments. I mean, 
it's hard seltzer involved in this because I feel like that's, I mean, that feels like the obvious one. I mean, which did well. I don't know. Fucking hard seltzer because everything is the worst. <laughs> yeah, hard seltzer did pretty fucking well. Uh, would you like to take another guess at one? Um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure where the different, I mean, uh, how, how like precise the differentiation differentiation is, is it like by style by, uh, so you got your like premium domestic, your blow premium, your, uh, okay. imports, craft, okay. FMBs, ciders. Gotcha. Well then I was, then I'm going to say that like your, like you just, your straight up domestic did the best. I feel like craft contracted. Um, and sad. I think seltzers did well, and I'm gonna guess, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna guess, I guess I'm, I'm, if I had to pick a top three that did well, it'd be domestic, um, seltzer and premium domestic. Well, you were right with seltzer. Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. They're like, um, no, you're an idiot, Jeremy. I mean, seltzer uh, was a give me, but so the below premium segment hit a record reading of seventy one. Okay, well, I feel like I was all right below premium. So I mean, you're, so that's your like, Bud Light, Coors Light. No, no, no. Oh. Those are premium. So like, oh, wait, Bush, that... Natty. Oh shit, those are premium. Yes. Like, okay, then I the, okay then for for the record, I had it totally wrong. But so Natty Light. <laughs> I guess okay. That should that should not surprise Keystone me. Keystone so. Light Bush, <laughs> the, the below premium. Yep. Uh, at, <laughs> so at the same time, premium lights and below premiums saw significant jumps. Uh, they're reporting higher index ratings. The high end segment of imports and craft also rebounded. So we saw growth, or okay. there's growth there. Uh, and then the FMB flavored malt beverage and seltzer category. Uh, Return to a 90 reading. Of course they did, because that's what we're <laughs> drinking now. Um, Thank you for listening to It's All Seltzer. <laughs> so, a little deep dive into more of these. Uh, F&B Seltzer segment continues to produce the highest BPI ratings across all segments. Uh, they are at a 90, right, for the month of May. Would you like to guess what their May 2019 reading was? Uh, let's see. Does it go higher than 100? Nope. Then let's say 99. 79. Oh, shit. So so then when it was exploding, it only hit 79. Yeah. Motherfuck. <laughs> so strap in. It ain't going nowhere anytime soon. I, I, you know what? As, as our, if you come into uh, our shop and see our current selection, you'll, have, you'll notice that I have made peace with this. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Imports are now at uh, 53, uh, so they made it back into expansion uh, territory. Uh, The craft index rebounded to a 42. Uh, Would you like to guess what their April reading was? For craft? Oh, I would say 26. Go lower. Jesus Christ. I have, all right, 16. Lower. Jesus Christ, 5. 14. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, we're word established that zero means you're fucked. <laughs> uh, but, so, seeing the 14 swing up to the 42, 
some good signs until you really look at what last year in May they had a 55. So the craft market is still kind of contracting during this. I think that is largely in part due to there's still a ton of off or on-prem accounts being shut down. And if you look at all the ones that are blowing up, are they have a very strong off-premise mm-hmm. backing hard seltzers specifically. Right. Well, and you know, as there, I think there is also a a, uh, a a an economic. This is economic, especially if you know, as you politely call them, below premium. I call them, uh, you know, frat boy garbage water. That <laughs> um, those are exploding, then there clearly is a an, an economic impetus where the, you could, someone's going. Well, I could get a six pack of my IPA, or I can dr- drink all the Natty Light and die and end this <laughs> and end this charade. Uh, and then uh, your premiums are at a fifty nine. So I think we've talked about this a lot. Is when everyone, like you were just saying, was at home and didn't know if they were going to have a paycheck next week or not. They were. Everybody took a step back. So if you're drinking, if you're drinking uh, the the high end IPAs, you went to. You know, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. If you're drinking that, you, you went to like you Bud drop, Light. You dropped back to Budweiser or Bud Light. If you were already drinking Bud Light, you hit Natty Natty Light. And if you're already drinking Natty Light, I feel like you just went ahead and just drank Sterno because <laughs> <laughs> you just walked up to a homeless person and like, I'll give you five dollars to chug that forty and pee in my mouth. Uh, and then yeah. I mean, hard seltzers, recession proof, seasonal proof, and of course, and, and a, yeah, fucking and, just the king of the world. Um, that upsets me on several levels, but hey, I'm I'm making peace with it. <laughs> Speaking of seasonals, Jeremy, what we got? Well, uh, seasonal beer bottleneck news now. Um, seasonal beers have always like had a strange place in craft beer. I I think a lot of breweries have a bit of a love hate relationship with the even the concept of like a seasonal rotation um it is at least from the brewery sales side seasonal beers are the most fun stress you will have really because usually it's a fun style that you haven't seen since the last time you released it so it's and if it's something like a style you really like as a rep. You're like, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait. One of my favorite beers. And then, but you're like, especially if it's tied to like a holiday, your Oktoberfest, any Christmas beers you do, you are on a fucking time crunch to shove that beer down everyone's throat fast enough that it is all gone before that holiday gets there. Because if it is not, you are stuck with that fucking cake till kingdom come. And Jesus comes down and goes, you still have that beer? I mean, you have a little bit of personal experience. Without going into too much detail about uh, about the exact circumstance, um, I, 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 I mean, you... you, you uh, 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 you you swung by and were selling me pretty hard on a on a beer with a let's say a a very a holiday name. <laughs> a very, uh, it was it was uh, uh, tied to Christmas. <laughs> it's the last one too, and yeah, if you've got a style that's a unique style too, tied to a holiday name, it is even more difficult and more dire that you get it out before. 
that holiday. So that's my first take. On Unloaded that keg yet, by the way? Nope. Alrighty. <laughs> you need it? <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> um, no, I, I think you, I think you kind of hit it because it is. I, 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 I think that. I said that's why I said love hate relationship or fun stress because it does for especially when a brewery's hit like a certain size like you know and I'm talking about you know a New Belgium or Sam Adams or to a lesser extent Odell Odell is pretty good about being able to roll a bunch of new stuff out but I'm you know but Odell I feel doesn't release a beer tied to a season right um, They're not doing like Sam Adams releasing Oktoberfest in August so they can make sure by the time October 1 hits, it's all fucking gone. Um, Lion Kugels comes to mind too. They have a, you know. Their whole business model is yeah based off seasons. Um, but um, the, uh, the, the interesting thing is that I, I, you know, I've, of course, in the industry, I'm aware that there are uh, breweries that basically have like, they use one UPC. Um, for their seasonal rotator. Technically. And, a, and actually, um, it was Sam Adams that pioneered that idea. Where you have, you know, either one UPC. You line price the item. Yeah. And basically, you don't bring in the next one until... That one's gone. That one's gone. And um, the stores love it because basically they get three or four beers for one. Uh, and, it, and it's... And it makes it handy for the the brewery because I mean so on you're, you're right in grocery store shelves that means that you got that you got that section where you always got something new that that brings people in and uh-huh. like you said you get to do like different styles that um, that people don't often see and you get to do some cool stuff um, and then but even on the draft side of it you know you can get dedicated handles for your seasonal. And you know you'll go you'll often see go to a restaurant and see like you know and our seasonal rotators from this brewery this, this brewery this brewery, and so you kind of like, again you kind of always have this you'll, you you kind of have pre planned um, you know variety uh, uh, yeah coming in you know that you don't have to think too much about which uh, again it's normally fine there's you do kind of but there's also this whole idea like you mentioned. Um, that there, I think every brewery has their seasonal that just kills it every year that they can't brew enough, no matter how much they get, how much they make, it just flies off there. And then you got your seasonal that you, you can't give it away. Yeah. I, and especially, I think I, I feel like, uh, spring and summer seasonals are the worst for this. It's, no one knows. Nobody's figured out what to do with, with a spring seasonal. I, I would say spring probably the worst summer i feel i've seen some good ones uh winter some solid ones uh fall if you're one of the big guys who is like sam adams oktoberfest people go looking for that oh my god yes but if you some joe schmo middle of the road do an oktoberfest and get it in a grocery store good luck competing with it Really? Because I, I I found kind of the I found that they that they moved quite they moved pretty well as uh, as well, um, and actually the you know in the article they mentioned that fall is the biggest time for seasonals, hmm. um, and it, and you at first you kind of go 
really fall. But then you realize that Oktoberfest, pumpkin beers, pumpkin beers, and it, you know, and, and fresh all, hops. Fr- yeah, fresh hops. There's a lot of there's a lot of th- there's at least three major things happening that are seasonal, or at least either via tradition. And in, in the case of an Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. you could make it. You could make an Oktoberfest any time of the year. But why the fuck would you? It's called an Oktoberfest. And they're usually sold out by October, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's by, yeah, again, you mentioned by design. You know, pumpkin beers. Um, in theory. Those got till fucking Halloween. If you're lucky, maybe Thanksgiving. The, Day after Thanksgiving, just fucking dump those bottles down the drain. The thing that always that always frustrates me about pumpkin beers is that pumpkins aren't even ripe until... October, November. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, and so you, so the pumpkin beer is coming out in fucking August. I've never seen an actual pumpkin, or you know, They're pumpkin using pure. pumpkin spices, man. Yeah, I I understand. You're you're doing it wrong. Um, and um, but yeah, pumpkin beers. Pumpkin beers is a whole other thing. When you're doing a hundred and twenty barrel batch, you know how many fucking pumpkins you'd have to put in that bitch. Yeah, good. Kiss my ass. <laughs> I like, I and I like pumpkin beers more and more now, just because that all the all the big breweries abandoned them, and so it's almost now the domain of small breweries that can you know have some guy in the back scooping out a fucking pumpkin. Um, but yeah, and fresh hops. If you're uh, here on the uh, in the in the Pacific Northwest or wherever they grow hops, I mean, technically, fresh hops in New Zealand are spring release. So fair, but I'm not in New Zealand, at least not yet. I've been looking into I've been looking into what it might take to emigrate with recent <laughs> with <laughs> just just. Fucking... I am not fucking flying down to New Zealand to run the podcast. <laughs> no, it'd, it'd be a remote thing at that point in time, but. <laughs> On the other side of the fucking world, the time change. Okay, I need to do the podcast at 5 a.m. your time, so it can be when I get off work. I think the podcast would be the least of the worries in that <laughs> in that highly uh, unlikely situation. Um, but um, anyway, but that's so we kind of we, we've kind of gone out into the weeds. But that's that's the landscape of seasonals at the best of times. They are fraught with peril. Um, and especially if you're like trying to figure out what the spring seasonal is, what the summer seasonal is, and you don't know how it's going to do. And you're planning for the next season when right. the season you're in starts. And there's nothing quite like looking at a at, at looking at a, a store shelf and seeing a a, a summer seasonal and it's November. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're like, oh, that is going to be appetizing. Um, so that's, I mean, again, that's the best of times. Um this is not the best of times. <laughs> well, my my big knock with seasonals lately has been I feel the typical craft beer consumer wants what's new right now. Right. So they don't want to wait till summer to get that new beer. They want you to do a batch of this Jolly Rancher fucking lager and then this hazy IPA with pig's blood and then uh, a virgin's flower in this fucking oatmeal stout and then uh, the sacrificial <laughs> lamb of wow I mean I just want to say uh, first I want, I want to point out that at least three of these involve some kind of human sacrifice 
Um, you're already planning on brewing beer for the apocalypse, I feel I feel like. Have you watched the news? I mean, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you, and nor and nor am I faulting your 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 logic. I just I'm noticing where this is going. They they want okay, when I walk in your doors this week, I want this No humans were hurt in the making of this beer. Uh, I want this beer. When I show up next week, I want a new beer. And it's and that's why we've seen, I mean, pre-COVID, we've seen all these breweries that pump out 300 new brews or new releases a fucking year. I mean, I feel like those are kind of outliers and they're, I mean, to, to be able to do that, I mean, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think a lot of those breweries are competing. I mean, you know, when you're talking about these, you're mostly talking about, you know, you're talking about competing for grocery store space. You're talking about, you know the you know rotating handles on high volume restaurants or bars and not- I, I feel seasonal slowly going the route where it's grocery store and you do a couple kegs just to satisfy some draft accounts but it's everything's going into package get it in that grocery store get it the fuck out um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have 300, the, the, the brewers are 300 plus, you know, whatever, you know, uh, handles. I don't think they're competing for that space. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. Um, they're, um, it, this is, again, this is like the, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger breweries who have that kind of, that have that kind of pull. But I feel the customer base is slowly migrating to, we want a new thing every week. Fair. Um, but anyway, so, uh, the coronavirus has put a a, a, a a hamper on the regular rotational of seasonals. Good riddance. Um, this actually comes from Brewbound from uh, uh, Jessica Infante. Um, as coronaviruses want to do, it's making everything worse. And among the things it's making worse is um, seasonal releases. Um, for a lot of breweries, especially when they reach you know that size, um, they need to have that rotation. But with Especially if you're like planning a new release or trying, you know, especially it's going into the summer one, which is always kind of a fraught one because you're trying to figure out you're trying to figure out something that's not like nice and light and refreshing. Um, and if your previous one, like for example, they uh, uh, they they mentioned one um, uh, in this article, um, Jack's Abbey's Craft Loggers out of Massachusetts, um, they their previous one, their previous summer. Uh, 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 previous summer beer didn't do as well as they'd hoped. They actually so they actually migrated that to spring, and they're applying a brand new like summer seasonal. Um, but they ended up scrapping it entirely. Um, their 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 previous summer seasonal, which is now their spring seasonal, was a Czech lager. Okay. Um, as the name suggests, they I think I think they do lagers exclusively. Um, they're actually now like producing a little bit of that, a little bit more of that to try to see them through summer. Because they want to be ready to go for August when they release their Oktoberfest, which is huge for them. And so you're kind of in this, if you're on that seasonal rotation, you're looking at summer with this, oh shit, okay, how do we plan for... Oh boy. Yeah. All right. This was a, this was a bad time to plan it to begin with. Now what do we, how do we plan when we don't know what the fuck this summer is going to be doing? And the hard part is I know some distributors are only pulling in core beers or beers that they've already had not adding any new items so if you're sending that beer two states away let's say and that's normally how you'd help move through it all 
and that distributor says, no, we're only taking your core offerings. We're not going to take that check logger or whatever. Now it's pushing you back even further onto that. I mean, you know, if you got a distributor that's doing that, I mean, you're almost, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're, you're kind of between the proverbial rock and hard place. Um, you know, where, where, you're, where a lot of breweries are having trouble figuring out is, I mean, two things. Number one, you don't want to be sitting on your summer seasonal when it's August and you should be releasing your Oktoberfest because that's when we release Oktoberfest now, which pisses me the fuck off. But you really don't want to be sitting on your spring seasonal. But you don't want us to be sitting on your spring. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be summer. You definitely won't be sitting on your summer seasonal in September or God forbid October. Um, because then you're skipping your best seasonal. But, but by the same token, you don't want that hole in the grocery store shelf that you fought for. Or because they will fill it with someone else's shit and say, "Ah, oh, come back to us." I mean, when this won't ever happen again. I mean, yeah, they will. I mean, it, it, it will. Yeah, they will say, "Oh, you were you, you were out for you know X amount of months, so you know you can't." Yeah, you just lost that space. Yeah, we gave it to someone else who could provide us with beer that we could sell. Now I'm guessing, uh, you know, with the with supply chains the way they are, grocery stores are going to be a little bit more forgiving <laughs> this next. But beer never took a big hit because a lot of beer is DSD delivery, not warehoused. Fair. So it's direct to store delivery. So it's the vendors selling it that are in there and deliver it direct to store instead of to a third or a warehouse for that store. Right. Then sending it out. Right. Um, looking at you, toilet paper and eggs. Looking at you, <laughs> toilet paper and eggs. We learned a lot about. I learned a lot about the supply chain of toilet paper. That's among <laughs> the thing. <laughs> I never thought I would understand the the manufacture distribution and um, well where the distribution or the manufacture transportation distribution of toilet paper as well as I kind of do now. Did you try to plan to rob a fucking <laughs> delivery truck or no? I was just kind of curious. I was curious as to why I could not wipe my ass. <laughs> uh, oddly enough. Uh, at the brewery I used to work at, uh, there was a guy that'd come in every once in a while and drink some beers, and I would chit-chat with him uh, as I was bartending occasionally, and he sold toilet paper to some of the grocery stores. And so when all this went to shit, yeah, and you couldn't wipe it, uh, <laughs> I was like, I wonder how he is doing. Try... I was like, he is probably making the most money he has ever made while being under the most stress that he could be under because trying to like call field calls from all the stores being like, we need toilet paper. Can you get us any? I think if I'm him, I I don't answer my phone anymore. <laughs> like at the at like about I think it was like March into into April where there wasn't a roll of toilet paper to be found anywhere in the city. I feel that's how like being the uh, Russian River sales rep would have been like five years ago. You just walk in and go, you can have some. I you mean, get one case. Yeah, you kind of walk you in. You get a keg. You kind of walk in. They're like, fuck you, where have you been? You're like, now you don't get any toilet paper. Mm -hmm. I am the toilet paper king now, and you shall bow before you me. You shall not pass! <laughs> I mean... That strikes me as a job that if they get a little bit of power, they abuse it. Oh, because they've just been the whipping boy for so many years. But anyway, 
<laughs> no, that it, went off the rails. Uh. <laughs> um, it is good, but I mean, you know, as the the idea is, it's put another like nail in this uh, coffin. You know, the idea of like, okay, do we need, do we really need, and or want the idea of a rotating seasonal? And I mean, you know, like you like you said, the breweries that are constantly coming out with something new for their tap rooms. I don't think that's 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 not what's going to affect. But I mean, it is going to be like those those breweries that would like to have that i see them as you know in a in a in uh, uh, uh the post-covid world them going no fuck this shit you know uh we we had your core beers and then the rotating seasonal and the rotating seasonal is impossible to uh, uh to keep up i like the idea and i've seen a couple breweries do this where it's a rotating skew of whatever style yeah like, let, let's call it a rotating lager I mean, rotating and, IPA is most popular, but... Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's call it rotating IPA. And you have a fruit IPA, a black IPA, and a hazy IPA. Sure. And you do... Okay, we're going to start it with... We'll do a 30-barrel batch of this uh, fruit IPA. Right. As soon as that's gone, the... Black IPA's out. Okay. As soon as black IPA's gone, hazy's out. As soon as the hazy's gone, we got fruited back. And basically just say, we don't care if we sell out in a week or two months. When it's gone, it's gone. And you got to get through the next couple to get back to that. But on the same token, I mean, you have, I mean, you know, as this article state, uh, you know, said uh, um, this particular um, this particular uh, um, uh, brewery, the Jack's Abbey's Craft Loggers, um, when you know their Oktoberfest comes out, it's like fifty percent of their sales throughout the fall. And what I'm more recommending is you're doing beers that aren't specifically tied to a season. But there, I mean, but people like the, especially like I said, fall seasonals. Yeah. I mean, now the question is, is it going to be worth it to have a year-round lineup for fall seasonals? No. But, I mean, how do you keep that spot open in a grocery store? I mean, restaurants, I mean, grocery stores are the, are the main one because they're they're not terribly responsive because, you know, corporate, corporate. bastards. Um, it, what, what I would say is basically work out with the grocery store and be like, hey, we're going to give you this rotating option. Uh but we'd also like a lot of stores will do an in and out or a manager selection. Yes. So you say, we want this approved in your system. Here's going to be the price point. Here's the SKU. Here's the UPC. We'll reach out to you a couple months beforehand, remind you that it's coming up, and then we'll remind you a couple weeks out, and then we'll get that spot on the shelf I will for a temporary before. I will tell you though, I mean, as you know, as someone who worked in there, um, you know, I don't. It, at least in the, the little microcosm I was in, I mean, first of all, you, you, you know, suddenly shoving all that, sh- suddenly sh- shoving everything aside for like that, you know, that uh, spot on the shelf is nigh on impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it ain't on the shelf, it don't sell. Mm-hmm. Like the stack of you know we, we every once in a while we'd like do like the you know that like stack of a like, floor stack yeah floor stack suck yeah the the whole I mean if it ain't on the shelf it ain't selling mm-hmm. and so unless you have that I mean that spot on the shelf is incredibly valuable 
which is why people pay for it. That's right. People pay for space on their supermarket shelves. Mm-hmm. Sam Adams, looking at you, you colossal dickbags. Uh-huh. <laughs> Only because I'm still pissed because you had that rotating, or you had that like IPA pack. I never sold one of those goddamn things. And I had to put it in every fucking, every fucking rotation. I'm, I'm good. Well, <laughs> it, Fuck you. It's a little easier on the six packs because especially if you're like, just make sure we have two, three face, three wide facings yeah, yeah. that you can then turn and add another. I mean, yeah, you could, you, 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 I mean, but you almost need somebody enterprising on the floor to work that in. You yes. don't always have that person. No. Um, but I, and, but again, we're talking about breweries of a little bit bigger size. Sam Adams could probably work it out. I guarantee they have a key account manager who can could, fucking, who could go in and like, yeah, who could you know rabble rouse enough to you know get the the the, yeah. the thing assembled right? But I mean, you know, the 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 whole system kind of demands um, like seamless movement and across a lot of stores. What I, where my brain immediately went is that you know I think that you, like you mentioned, the Sam Adams Oktoberfest has a huge following. Mm-hmm. So does Sierra Nevada's. Um, but in, in my mind, you know, something kind of cool like what if like things like Oktoberfests. Pumpkin beers have always pretty much done that. Pumpkin beers are almost now the uh, you know dom- domain of smaller breweries that can like fuck it. We'll brew a half. You know, we'll brew a, a barrel of pumpkin beer, and if we have it in November, you know, we got enough people who will drink a pumpkin beer in November. We to, discount the pints and just fucking blow it. I up. mean, yeah, you know, even in even December, if we're looking at a pumpkin beer, like okay, we need to. Yeah, we can discount. We can. It's Black Friday. <laughs> Dollar pints. Let's get this the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you can manage that. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of like the, uh, these like strange, like, um, uh, you know, the, the strange seasonal ideas just becoming the domain of smaller, be- uh, smaller craft beers or smaller craft breweries. Um, just because at some point in time, the, 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 uh, the, the bigger ones are like, nope, nope, too much trouble. But on the flip side, I think a lot of those bigger breweries, basically grew up and got to where they were doing those seasonal releases and so i think there is a kind of timidness to jump away I to leave the date that you came with well i mean sam adams ain't gonna do it because they've got it dialed in yeah i don't th- i mean i think they're well and and they can uh, and, and you know they can have uh, you know they're they're at the spot where i think they have their 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 Seasonal soul dialed in. Now it's going to be rocky right here. I the but, article didn't mention what they were doing for summer, but I don't think they're changing that much, except for probably not brewing as much. I was going to say, I, <clears throat> I I know when I was in the grocery stores helping on resets, I was already seeing their summer seasonal yeah on the shelves. So so, um, but I mean it's going to. I mean the mid-sized breweries like the one that's mentioned in the article. And a fun fact is, um, AB and Bev. Makes me very happy. Is very late to the party. They're introducing two brand new two two breweries uh, that they own for the first time. Are doing seasonals. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, they got the money they can spend their way out of that, though. <laughs> Stella uh, Stella Artois uh, has their very first seasonal offering coming out this year. Yeah, their summer seasonal. The Solstice Lager. Yeah, saw that. And a and a member of the Craft Brew Alliance that I'd never heard of, Cisco Brewing, um, 
their summer Rays golden ale is is set to. They're probably testing out Cisco to see if they're even going to keep it alive <laughs> or just start putting a bullet in everyone's say, head at the CBA and just leave Kona. Say, just drag it out with Windmere and fucking Red Hook. <laughs> they're like, you going with Big Wave or you going with Hef? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I, I mean, not fuck up. I just that amused me that an A B and Bev is rolling out two of their breweries are rolling out summer seasonals for the first time. I'm like, ooh, bad move. I mean, I know you'd probably planned that way before this, but, but... <laughs> sucks to suck. <laughs> that I mean that 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 sucks to be you. Um, I mean, you know, again, you have the money to absorb that, but <laughs> also those breweries are big enough. I'm assuming. They're not taking more than three weeks to get the batch ready. So they still proceeded, even knowing the current state. It's not like the, they had these batch brewed. Correct. Before COVID, and are like, well, fuck, we're... But you're not taking in corporate inertia. I mean, where, like, somebody somebody who has a very big paycheck came up with this back in December. Um, and he's already issued the order, and then someone else goes, but that's stupid now. And they say, are you calling so-and-so stupid? Uh, yes. He's already greenlit it, so you're doing it. Send it up. Put it on the truck. Yep. Put it on the truck. You know, you know, turn, Cog, turn. Mm-hmm. This this man needs his bonus. So, t- you know, turn it and make it sell, because if it doesn't, he doesn't get his bonus. And then I get yelled at. And then I'm going to yell at you. Yes. You know, because he needs his bonus. Corporate America is fun. <laughs> <laughs> If you're on the top, it's a hoot. Oh, yeah. No, if you're on the top, I, you, you know, you're just... Cocaine off Maserati keys and, and Jerking off in a pile of money. I mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah if you're on the top of the corporate uh, ladder, then, yeah, I can imagine it's great. Um, anywhere else, it's, you know... You just look down and see shit, and everyone looks up and sees an asshole. So, yeah. Um, probably why neither of us have existed too, <laughs> too very long in that environment, but... I don't think you even tried. I tried very briefly. Ah, I, I worked for DirecTV for a while. And... Yeah, fair enough. That was soul-sucking. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of soul-sucking, uh, this has been It's All Beer. Um, as always, you, know, you can get a hold of us if you've got uh, uh, stories that uh, you, you've seen. Um, for the love of God, if you if you see stories that we're missing, please tell us because it's there's not a lot out there. We're grasping for straws. Thank God, summer break's coming up. Uh. <laughs> but if you see one, uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, we're at itsallbeer at gmail um, We put up all the articles we use to, to do this podcast. You can find that on Twitter um, at itsallbeer one. Um, I throw up some pictures when we're recording the podcast if you want to see what we're drinking. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook, along with the uh, links to our latest podcast and all that shit. And as always, I don't know, leave us a review because... We're the only good thing in your life right now. Oh my god, if that's true, I am so sorry. I mean, I'm kind of flattered, but if we're what's keeping you going, I am so sorry. Hang in there, buddy. Hey, hang, hang in there. In there. <laughs> hang in there. We're we're behind you. Uh, yeah, send us an email, and um, I don't know. I'll send Tyler to your house with a with a beer or something. We'll shotgun a beer on your front porch. That sounds that, yes. If, if if this is the thing keeping you going, we'll we'll just show up. We'll just shotgun a beer in solidarity, and I, I don't know. Leave you a love note underneath your uh, 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 underneath your uh, welcome mat. Um, that is that, that that's a promise. 
Unless you live terribly far away, in which case, I don't know. We'll do it. You pay for my plane ticket. I'll go almost anywhere. I'm guessing if that's the one thing in your life, uh, you don't have a lot of money. But anyway, uh, that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to drink beer. Be good people.